Hey, welcome back to the Love Times 2 podcast. Uh, this is the official podcast of the Love Times 2 project. And we have a very special episode today because I have a longtime friend, special guest, who has agreed to come on and just share some things, particularly about a book uh, that she has involvement with. Uh, Sally Thompson, welcome to the podcast. Hello. Thank you so much, Mike. It has been a long time, but thank you so much for the opportunity. Well, Sally, we have a lot to talk about today, but before we jump in, I know that you have had a lot of involvement in post-abortive ministry. You've done a lot of different things in that area. Let's back up, before we talk about the new book, The Aftermath, let's back up and just, um, I'm just going to ask you, share with our listeners a little bit about your story and how that has led you to where you are ministering today. Yes, that is. I always, when I do interviews, I'm like, okay, God, the story is so big. It's like, God, what part of this story do you want me to share and with you? You feel audience? totally free to take your time, as much of your story as you want to tell, okay. Sally. It's a, the, the floor is yours. Okay, thank you so much. Um, well, I always start out with I am one of 13. Um, my mom and dad together had um, seven boys in a row, then five girls, and one little boy. I am the ninth child and the second oldest daughter. We grew up in a church um, home <laughs> where um, our faith was strong in the Lord. And um, we were taught high morals and values. And you're not supposed to have sex until after marriage. You're not. You're supposed to flee from uh, fornication. And um but I found myself at the age, well, in my late 20s and um, with, you know, I had a boyfriend and I knew we weren't on the same page with our walk um, with the Lord or our faith. But, um, hey, we liked each other and um, a pregnancy occurred. It was um, definitely something that I didn't think could happen to me, but uh, it did. And I was just, I didn't want the disappointment to my mother or the church. Now I knew my mom would have loved me because, because I wasn't the first one in my, uh, amongst my siblings to have, um, to get pregnant mm -hmm. outside of wetlock, but it was a, bigger disappointment. I didn't work because I was working in leadership as a youth advisor at my church and highly, you know, um, just um, appreciate it there. So there was, I found myself in this situation where I knew I shouldn't have been, but what do I do now? And the fear of disappointment um, caused me <laughs> to um, have an abortion. I talked it over with my boyfriend at that time and he was in agreement, you know, with that. And he had some other children and that I'm just like, well, it's not good for him. It's definitely not good for me. I'll, I'll be without a husband and this child that, so I had the, um, abortion prior to that. I did talk to, I did not share with my mom or anyone in my family. I did share with two of my girlfriends and one of them told me, Sally got an abortion. And I looked at her life. I man, she's married. She got children, a professional a career. And I'm like, well, she's okay. And then my other friend was like, Sally, whatever you want to do. I've never had an abortion, she said, but I support you in whatever you want to do. So along with my boyfriend and his support, we had the abortion. 
And um, after that, I, you know, went home and I asked God to forgive me because I knew I had done something wrong. Now I know I didn't know exactly what I did. But at that time, I knew I had done something wrong. I didn't. I wasn't in a lot of pain. Um, After that, I went to work the next day. Fast forward uh, a couple of years, maybe hmm, five or six years later, it was like I felt a touch on my shoulder. It's time to deal with this. Mm. And I uh, and, and the thing about it, I had never even conversed that subject with anyone else. It just kind of came out of the blue. And I had been, uh, you know, after the abortion, I really rededicated my life back to the Lord. And I started truly living a life of uh, purity in him and um, God was blessing me on my jobs and I had got a promotion to where I had this office and I was just feeling really good, you know, paying my tithes and all that stuff. And then I hear the Lord say, turning your resignation letter. Whenever wow. I turned in my resignation letter, I, and because I, I was really busy, I was single. And so I poured a lot of my time into my job. And so, um, but for me to, for the Lord to say, turning your resignation letter after this promotion that I wasn't even expecting, I did it. For one, I was tired because I was working so much. And there was just a hunger and a desire to do more things for the Lord. And because of this job, I just didn't have time to do those things that was um, building up within me. And so um, during this time of me just resting, you know, not having a job, I see a um, I started volunteering different places and I um, volunteered at the TBN Trinity Broadcasting Network uh, south of Indianapolis. And um, I saw a, a newsletter that said it was an Indiana Christian newsletter. But in that newsletter, it said volunteers need it for a pregnancy center and I'm reading the um, ad and in within my self, I said, Ooh, I want to help somebody uh, not do what I had done. Uh, I didn't say the word abortion. I couldn't say the word abortion. Mm. And um, I called them and they told me, um, sure, we have, you know, these volunteer opportunities. We have trainings coming up. Uh, would you like an evening or a night shift train? I'm thinking to myself, but I guess I was thinking out loud. I said, well, let me take an evening shift because I'll have a job soon. And she said, oh, you don't have a job? <laughs> and she begins to tell me about a position that was open there and she got real in depth with the position and I'm like wait a minute wait a minute I'm getting off the purpose of why I really just want to volunteer and um, she began to talk about the position again I said look I'll just send in my resume and um, we'll go from there they called me um, during the interview session they asked me had I had an abortion And that was the first time anyone had ever asked me that question. Wow. And it brought up so much. I mean, it was like I knew I was going to a pregnancy center. It it didn't even resonate. I didn't connect the two. That's just how far I had suppressed, you know, uh, that abortion experience. Hey, Sally, how many years are we talking about here? Is this like 
two years, five years, 10 years after your abortion? What's the time frame we're talking about? About five years. About five about years. years. Mm-hmm. And so uh, when... Um, I just began to cry <laughs> and she, because I was um, interviewing because I wanted to volunteer as a counselor. I was interviewing for the executive um, administrator's position. And so she said, well, first you need to go through this Bible study called forgiven and set free. And uh, of course, you know, I was like, okay, because, you know, God has set me free from it, <laughs> you know, and I, I really, whatever it takes, I'll do. I just want to counsel. And by me taking that class, um, it's a 10-week class, and I would go through, I would, when I got there, there was like five of us in the class. And the first chapter was like, how do I know I need healing? And there was ladies in there who had tried to commit suicide. They um, like divorced, promiscuous. They were in tears. And I'm looking at them. I'm like, what is really good? These women are really hurt. Now I'm in the class with them. (laughs) I'm I'm looking at them. These women are, because God had, I had abortion. I walked out. I went to, I asked God for forgiveness. I went to work the next day and God started uh, prospering me, you know? And so we go on. The first chapter is um, the character of life. I'm sorry, the character of God. The next one is, I think, relief and denial. And then there's anger. And then we get to depression. And when we got to the depression chapter, it hit me because after that, I was living a depressed life because all I did was work. And I wasn't that type who laid in the bed or, you know, did all of that all the time. But I was in a dark place and I poured myself. I didn't allow anyone to much conversation. And I just worked a whole lot. And God had just revealed to me that this is where the light switch turns on. And I began to really see abortion through this Bible study, what it was, you know, what I had done. Um, I destroyed a life. Not only was it my, you know, my child's life, not only was it a, you know, a human being that God had created, it was my mother's, you know, grandchild, my father's grandchild, my sisters and brothers, niece and nephews, my niece and nephews, cousin, God began to reveal to me what that life, you know, meant to him and what it meant to me. So after this class, um, I mean, to make a long story short, we go through the class and it ended with a memorial service of letting it go. What I learned through that, although I don't have a physical child, the spirit of that child that I never met is still with me to this day. And, And God, since then, has revealed to me what that she was a she, a girl. Uh, he's revealed to me that, you know, uh, he gave me a name. Her name was Genesis. And this is before he revealed that it was a girl. If, if we talk about the book, if you get the book, you'll hear the whole story. But 
there's just so much that God is revealing to me about life now, Mike, that is it's blowing my, my mind and how precious uh, life was, is. <laughs> so what I hear you saying is that this was an ongoing process for you. There was the moment where there's sort of a denial, then a moment where life's going on as normal, then a moment where God's tapping you on the shoulder. So this is a process, right? Oh, it is an ongoing process. I, um, my mom passed away in 2014, and for five, five years, I took care of her. She had dementia, and the last two years was full-time care. Um, so I was really, she became my baby. Um, and just to see the life go out of her, God allowed me to know that life is precious from the womb all the way to the, t- mm-hmm. <laughs> to, to the tomb. And what we and he has purposed us here on this earth to be his vessels to work for him to reveal, to fulfill, you know, his call. And so when I think about my the life that I aborted, um, out of ignorance. It was out of ignorance. And some people may say, I can't believe you're in your 20s and you don't know. You didn't know that you were killing a baby. When you are in a crisis moment, and in the pregnancy centers today when I counsel, these women are in crisis mode. It may not be a crisis to you, but it is a crisis to them because it's an unexpected pregnancy. It's an unexpected situation that they did not plan. I don't care um, <laughs> whether they were on birth control or not. They did not go into that situation planning to get pregnant. Most cases do, did not. And so they become very overwhelmed. They become very fearful of what's mommy going to say? What's the church going to say? What's How's the boyfriend going to react? And they're in a crisis moment because I don't know what to do. You're not thinking about, you no longer think whether this is a baby or not. You are in a mo- I I can't, you know, handle this situation. What am I going to do? So you look for opportunities to take care of the situation. And I always say when I walked into that uh, uh, to that abortion clinic, I thought when I walked out that I would be rid of the situation because it became a situation to me. But I realized that that situation was a baby. And that's why during the counseling, we have to, I always, kind of make the young lady understand what she's getting ready to do. You know, um, have compassion for her in that crisis situation and let her talk all of that out. But now let's bring it back to the situation. What is this situation? 
you're a pregnancy. What is a pregnancy? Asking simple questions like that and you want an abortion. What is an abortion? Um, many times I've asked that question and I wish somebody had to ask me because it would have snapped me out of my situation into reality yeah. <laughs> of yeah. what was getting ready to happen to the solution that I thought was best for me. But anytime I ask that question, even to this day, what is an abortion? What do you mean? What are you getting ready to do? And I've never heard nothing other than these three words. It's termination of a pregnancy. It's murder or it's killing a baby. So even the word abortion is deceitful, is deceitful because you don't think of it. I'm just going to have an abortion. But if there was a sign up above the abortion clinic stating, come kill your baby, come terminate your baby, come murder your baby. How many? Would it be over 600 million abortions today? Yep. No, because yep. the truth would be revealed. So what I'm hearing you saying with this is that you're able to counsel with women today who are in crisis situations or post-abortive situations in a way that no one really shared with you back in the day when you were having your abortion. Is that correct? And you know what, Mike? I don't know if they did or not. I know there was not a question that opened me up to that day because as many years ago as it's been, I can see it was an elderly lady <laughs> sitting on that sofa in that counseling room across from me. And I can actually see her mouth moving, but I heard nothing that she said. So was I so stuck in my decision, you know, that I have to get an abortion because I don't see no other way? Or did she not ask those tough questions like, what is an abortion that made me stop and think? Mm -hmm. Because you can't, we can come in. I, I, I see women all the time. They're coming, they have their, but if... And this is only through the leading of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> you know, we can have our agenda and all of the questions and, you know, intake forms that we're going to have. But if we don't allow the Holy Spirit to intervene, because God knows what's going to break, you know, that what's going to open her up coming in. Let me let me make this real clear. We have to come with God's love. We see many times in the, and I'm learning this today, many times in the word of God, how he spoke truth, but he spoke it with love, not with demanding or dictation. Right. It, it was with love. And so when I ask these young, first I meet them where they are. You know, a lot of times they walk into the um, pregnancy center overwhelmed with just life period now i'm pregnant uh-uh <laughs> so we have let's just talk you have this woman you know she's single and have two kids but have to work two jobs and the eight-year-old is taking care of the, <laughs> the other two and she's getting how many hours of sleep at night now she's pregnant and the pregnancy is not the issue <laughs> the big issue the big issue you do it too much so let's just talk about that. And then after they calm down, now let's talk about this pregnancy. 
So that's the opening. So throughout my experience um, of aborting my baby girl, um, God continues to teach me that life is so precious. And he has given me so much compassion for um, those that are considering pregnancy, considering abortion, and those who have gone through abortion, because I was both of those. Hey, this is a great place just to put a pause on this discussion with Sally Thompson. We're going to come back in part two of this discussion and dive deeper into this book called The Aftermath. So I hope you're enjoying this discussion and that you're sharing it with others. Hey, remember to subscribe to the podcast on your favorite listening platform. Give us a great rating if you enjoy the podcast. It always helps with just drawing attention to this. Share it with others in your network. And never forget, change the culture and the politics will follow.